The following is a fourth hand production. 112 Ocean Avenue. A playground for Satan's demons to prey on the wheat? Or a convenient alibi and get rich quick scheme for some of the lowest dregs of society? You decide next on Hysteria 51. Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Welcome to Hysteria 51. Come inside our secret hideaway as we talk conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through skeptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Hand and John Goforth. And welcome into a spooky edition of Hysteria 51. Oh. I, well, I, I am spooked. I think the spookiest part is my co-host. That you you came up with this intro that we just listened to. Dark. I'm in my, like, I'm in my dark place, Johnny. I can tell. Like, are you off your meds? What is happening? Uh, you know what? You said I want gunfire. I want women screaming. That's what you get. We're talking about children being murdered in their own beds. I go dark. Wait, didn't I just say put a sound effect in to cover up the bad editing on the song? And that's why I said you need to be more specific. That's what happens when you give me artistic license on this, Johnny boy. When I tell you put a sound effect in, you go, all right, gunshots and woman screaming. Done. (laughs) All right, everybody. Welcome into our fifth episode of Hysteria 51. My name is John Goforth. I'm here with my co-captain, Brent Hand. What's up, everyone? I am the dark co-captain of this. I guess I made it. I made it. I made it bad, didn't I? Well, you made it. You made it kind of creepy either way. And we are joined. Maybe we'll get all new fans just from that intro. (laughs) The wrong ones. All right. And we are joined by our third guest, the first on a returning trip to Hysteria 51, Matt Owens. Oh, Mr. Moens. Hey there. Thank you for having me back. For our longtime listeners, that was air quotes, you'll remember (laughs) him from the John F. Kennedy episode. Indeed. Uh, this, I feel like death is sort of the theme with the shows that I'm involved with. It's like, well, we kill a president, we kill a family. Did you notice we locked the door on the way out? I yeah. did. Yeah, we're uh, going gonna to talk about murder. Let's have, let's have a man on this Who's the one. expert yeah. on murder? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows a lot about that? Oh, man. Yeah, so very excited, guys. Uh, yeah. A great topic. Um Great with the time of year. And on top of that, not to forget our co-pilot on this shitball we call a podcast, Mr. Conspiracy Bot himself, who, John, I have a special, special surprise for you that was at your request. Uh, we got some complaints that Mr. Conspiracy Bot was hard to understand. I made some upgrades. Now, when you say complaints, you mean me bitching at you, right? You, yeah. Well, complaints is in plural because that's all you fucking do is bitch at me. And uh, Also true. So... Uh, conspiracy bot, come on out here and let's, uh, let's show Johnny your new spiffy upgrade. Hello, Mr. Ed. Hello, Gofo. Hello, Mo Ends. I have to say, I am pumped for my upgrade. Now I will snag all the robo chicks. All right, conspiracy bot, upgrade. Drink it in, gentlemen. 
the new smooth sounds of conspiracy bot. That's classy right there. It's classy. It's silky. You want to touch it. I don't understand why, even though he just grew a tuxedo outside <laughs> of him, you had to put the transformer sound into effect when he did so. I mean, if he would have turned into a car, I would have gotten it. It's production quality. Skip over it. Don't worry about it. We are here to talk Amityville. Amityville. Who hasn't been inundated with Amityville in their life, be it the books, the movies, every Halloween, which is just around the corner. Before we get into tonight's subject, let's talk what we're drinking. So, Matt, what you got over there this fine evening? Um, again, I, I like to class things up. I'm going with the Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Mm. Um, mm. Made the choice based solely on the price tag tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, Six-pack, $5.49. 12-pack, $6.99. They always say you can tell a beer's quality if you can get 12 of them for under $7. I think it's... Who are they? Uh, Egyptians. It's it's in the hieroglyphs. The, you could ask um, mainstream scholars, or, but they probably deny. You know, they're fucked up to be covered or, in the next. Episode. Or the gentleman <laughs> you've been hanging out with under the underpass. Yeah, well, yeah, he always finds a or under the overpass. I guess I should say he's the guy I get my jeans from. He just finds them laying around places, boils them, hands them right to me. It's perfect. Man, he's got some good jeans. I get them there too. Yeah. Sure, they're a little stained, but they fit, and that's what really matters. I don't ask questions, John. What you drinking? I, I just wish they weren't cut so short. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just a choice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what you got over there? Um if you can, maybe you can tell I have a cold right now, so I am I am attempting to thwart it by drowning it with bourbon mixed with apple cider. That's that doesn't work. I'll <laughs> just tell you right now. In college, I, I had strep throat, and I thought I could gargle it away with Johnny Walker. <laughs> that does not work. And that's when Johnny Walker <laughs> moved out and is no longer speaking terms with Mr. Matt Owens. <laughs> yes, Johnny was a roommate. <laughs> oh, Brett, that's I right. You're louder than I am, because I was about to hit with the same exact joke at the same time, and no one's going to know. Terrible In case you guys missed alike. it. I was gargling a man. <laughs> it's, yeah, we don't want to step on that joke. We want to make sure you all... He was in having sex with a man. That's <laughs> it wasn't the joke. The alcohol at all. No, it was a man. It was a man in my mouth. <laughs> a lot. All right, now that we've drugged that out. We'll go over to me over here. I am drinking hard to be surprised out there, Bud Light. This is the... Um, Wait, if, if I'm sorry. That's if, the champagne. If he's drinking beers, the champagne of beers, what are you drinking? I, I like to call this the mouthwash of beers. Like, there's some alcohol in it, but it kind of burns, and you're not proud of it. Also, fair to say, you probably drink in as much mouthwash as you do, Bye. <laughs> Remember when you're a kid and, and you're like, I got mouthwash. You guys want to drink it? No, no, you no, don't. No, I never do. Well, I actually, I don't remember that. I at was, all. I was just trying to, you know, for you to admit that, John. That's all. Did I you? never did that myself. Okay. <laughs> I do remember the scene. In, hey, guys, uh, I got a bottle of rubbing alcohol for my mom. She was drinking it all night. What was that one, Toy Soldiers, where they smuggle in, like, creme de menthe mixed with vodka? Yeah. That, like, it's a cocktail, but it mm. looks like scope. I just remember that. Sorry. Uh, get, well, we'll get back on track. Conspiracy Bot, would we fix you up over there? I got a tall boy of Miller Lite. Oh, going light tonight. I, you're actually going to be sober for the rest Switching of the night. Switching it up. He's got a new voice. He's got a new drink. Almost sounds like he's classy. We'll fix that. Next upgrade. <laughs> so Brent Amityville. 
Amityville is a town just outside of New York City, correct? Yeah, it's like a 45-minute commute, I guess. A lot of rich fucks that live or work downtown New York like to live up there. Boating! It's a it's a water community. I don't know what the proper term for that. <laughs> when they finally got enough money to move out of Long Island. Hey, yo! Uh, hey, I'm up in Amityville now. Hey, hey, it's fucking nice up here, huh? You want to see my boathouse? There you go. That's my voice. That's everyone Thank in Amityville. You. We've been prepping this whole time just to use that voice. Hi, can I have a, a whopper? Yeah, you want a fucking whopper? Here you go. Welcome to Amityville. Hmm. That's all hey, I got. Hey, now that we're here at the Chinese restaurant. Yay, uh, you want some uh, orange duck? Hey, I don't fucking couldn't think of an, uh, a Chinese dish. You put me on the spot there, John. Hey, now that we're at this uh, this Middle Eastern restaurant. Hey, you want some random Middle Eastern food that I don't know the name of? <laughs> <laughs> My name's Saul. Saul Brenham, Middle Eastern name. I don't know. Saul is a Middle Eastern. <laughs> sure. Perfect. Not a Jewish deli. Middle Eastern. That encompasses the Jews as well. Brent's an all-inclusive stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey, you guys want to play some dreidel? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> hey. I made it out of clay. Hey, they just opened a Russian deli here in uh, here in Amityville. Hey, hey, my name's Don, but it starts with a P. I'm Russian. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's high quality. As you can tell, we've studied a lot on Amityville. <laughs> so we actually do know some things that happened there, or supposedly happened there. Do do do. Yeah. Mullins, tell us what happened in Amityville. Sure. So it's uh, essentially a two-part story. The The main part of it would be the actual murders that took place, uh, and that was the DeFeo family. So it was a family of six. Uh, oldest son named Butch um, was the one who eventually took the rap for the murders. Now, um, Butch was his God-given name? No, Butch was his nickname. <laughs> hey, what was it, Ronald Jr.? Or? <laughs> so oh, Ronnie J. So Butch wasn't his Christian name. No, no, that's probably not. And if it was, good for them. Um, just, like, screw it, go all the way. Uh, so, quick and dirty on them. Uh, essentially, he comes into a bar at, like, 6.30 at night, um, and we'll have the exact dates here, and says, hey, I think my parents are shot. And six people pile into a car and drive one Who block. hasn't been drinking at a bar and had some guy named Butch running, hey, I think my parents have been shot. But well, no, wait, wait, wait. Every pile in. I think. I think. I'm not sure. Like they're bleeding with holes in them, but I don't know what made them. And I you don't want to. I don't want to confuse anyone in case it was a stab wound. Right. I don't want to be on the record saying they have been shot. You, you think so? Well, I shot at them and they fell, <laughs> but I didn't want to get it too close. So you guys want to go with me? So sure, we'll go check it out. But uh, get in your car. <laughs> so How they, far is it away? <laughs> one block, six of us pile I'm, in. I'm walking. I'm so walking. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like a, uh, uh, a clown car. A clown <laughs> car. Only it's a bunch of reject. From the Greece, the <laughs> stage show. <laughs> one of them, oh, one of them hanging out the window. He's like, yeah, slapping the side of the car. We're gonna go. You're right. They're all just like a bunch of fucking Greece rejects in the car. Like, tell me more. Tell me more. Did she put up a fight? <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Did you get very far? <laughs> no. <laughs> we are dark this episode. <laughs> oh yeah. And there's like, uh, there's gotta What's be one guy. What's on the ceiling? I hey. get it. Hey, a hickey from DeFeo's like a home. Oh my god, huh? The one guy named Vinny with his, like, he's like leaning out the car. He's like, ah, oh, come on, Butch! Yes! 
<laughs> we should take a moment and say, hey, listen, this is a really weird, weird story. Yes. We are not in any way, shape, or form making light of the fact that six people were murdered. I mean, that's that part is horrible. But the amount of crap that has come out and about both the murders and then the subsequent haunting, quote-unquote, is enough to make three podcasts about. Yeah. And that I, is what we're making light of. I, I am making light of the ignorant piece of shit who did kill his family, though. I, I want to go on record saying that. Of course, of course. Who's convicted make, of? Killing. But we're not making light of the fact that these people yeah. were murdered. So people sucks. were killed. It's not, you know, like five five members of the six-person family were, were gunned to death in their No, six, six members of the seven-person seven, So I got that wrong. So there's seven there. Edit, fact check. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for doing your research. We appreciate it. <laughs> See, when you say shit, if you watch Conspiracy Bot, if the red light lights up, you're wrong. He's always red. <laughs> also, that's, that's also, John if you get that, talking. also, if you get that dot in the middle of your head, <laughs> duck. I would duck. I'm just saying. That or you've achieved inner sight. I don't know. One of the three. Yeah. One, one, one. <laughs> Why is that light on? I digress. Yes. So so they all That was a warning. <laughs> they go over to the DeFeo home. Uh, they go in and sure, sure enough, the entire family's dead. They've all been shot. They're all laying face down on their stomachs. Parents were shot twice a piece. And then the, the rest of the siblings were all shot once. So they ended like initially they take him to custody because he said it was a mob hitman. And I think the family already had ties to the mob. So that wasn't so far fetched. And eventually after a few days, uh, I think two days actually, he actually fesses up to the murders because they start pressing him because his story keeps changing and getting really inconsistent. And then they found that that hitman's actually out of state. Um, it's like when I was a kid and John, where'd the candy go? The dog ate it. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got it all matted all over your face and shit. <laughs> John, uh, the dog's been at the vet all week. Uh, dad ate it. Yeah, dad. Dad, dad's never been around. Dad's dad, not dad left when you were three, John. <laughs> dad went out for a pack of smokes three years ago. <laughs> and it was because of you. <laughs> Maybe if you wouldn't have eaten all the candy, John. <laughs> Maybe dad would still be here. <laughs> so, uh, Is this an episode of Dr. Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, come on in for the intervention. <laughs> um, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> Do you cry when you sleep? <laughs> And so back they, to the back to the children murders. Go back ahead. Back to the child murders. Uh, so so families are all dead. Uh, Butch goes on trial. He's convicted of all the murders, and then uh, then this is when the Lutz family decides that they're going to buy the house that these murders occurred in uh, at a discount rate, I believe, of eighty thousand dollars. Hey, I can't pass up a deal. Oh. <laughs> and for some context here. That house had been sealed 48 hours after the, like the, all the murder victims had been removed. So what you're saying is it could have used a Glade plug. I'm guessing they didn't have really great, like, crime scene cleanup teams. You know, and And this is where America started paying attention, uh, in the most recent version of the movie, because you get to see Ryan Reynolds' abs. Uh oh. Oh, nice. I didn't research that one. Uh-oh. Oh yeah, in the in the remake of the Amityville Horror, Ryan Reynolds is uh, Senor Lutz. Ah. Yeah, chopping wood and uh, shirtless, if I remember right, because old uh, old old uh, Mister Lutz was obsessed with heating the house and the fireplace because he was <laughs> chilled to the bone. Coming off a successful run as the Green Lantern, <laughs> hey, you leave the Green Lantern alone. <laughs> he just kicked me. <laughs> Indeed. So the Lutz family purchases the home at a discount rate. The home, the furniture, everything. Like, fuck yeah, that's a deal. 
So the, yeah, they threw it in for four hundred bucks to keep grand. the Yeah, four hundred bucks to keep the furniture because they're like whatever. Minus the blood stained beds, um, and yeah. they tried to get those thrown in, but they wouldn't let them. Right, no. I'm, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, <laughs> I'll give you an extra sixty. Uh, and and it was it seems a little sketch at this point because he already brought in a priest to bless the home for some reason. Um, but then this is where the like the books and the the stories all begin. Like they spent twenty eight days. In this home. So you're saying 28 days later. Later. Oh. Fine movie Ooh. itself. Ooh. Wait, are you foreshadowing next week, Brent? Oh. Ooh, I like that. Zombies. What's up? So, yeah. So they're in the home. And then, you know, we'll get into the series of, like, wild events that had happened to them. Uh, some ranging from swarms of flies being in a room in the middle of winter to pop sluts being freezing cold all the time, letting his hygiene go, going crazy. Their daughter seeing a pig called Jody that like had glowing red eyes um, to finding the, the red room. So there was a bunch of like weird stuff. Um, and after 28 days, they just abandoned the home. They, they, they left, left everything there and left. Right. That, that, that's, I suppose that's the point, right? Yeah. They, they were haunted enough that after 28 days of various shit happening, they said, we're all done. right, it's been cool. They're like, we're a, out. they're like a Vegas dealer. Just I'm out. Like, no, they're, their like uh, they're like, uh, uh, <laughs> Eddie, when Eddie Murphy talks about it in Delirious, Conspiracy Bot hit us with Eddie Murphy. In the Amityville Horror, the ghost told them to get out the house. White people stayed in there. Now that's a hint and a half for your ass. A ghost say, get the fuck out. I would just tip the fuck out the door. They walked and looked in the toilet bowl. was blood in the toilet. They said, that's peculiar. I would have been in the house and said, oh, baby, this is beautiful. We got a chandelier hanging up here, kids outside playing. It's a beautiful neighborhood. We ain't got nothing to wear. I really love them. This is really nice. Get out. Too bad we can't stay, baby. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are definitely white people, and we definitely have to go. I don't know, Brenda. Let's check the basement. <laughs> but it's such a deal. The resale value would be huge. <laughs> Let's, you know what? Let's bring the kids in on this one. <laughs> Let's just make it a rental property. How many children were murdered? <laughs> that's your room, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then that's, that's when the sensation happened. Book was written and yep. all the movies became of it. Um, so let's, before we get into the sensational part, let's talk a little bit, uh, going back to the DeVeo family. Yeah. So, I mean, that, those are the basics of the yeah. story. Yeah. Let's get uh, to the nitty gritty, the truth. This is, this is provable details. fact yeah. details. So the long and the short of it is the DeFeos are, I, I don't suppose it was ever proven, but fairly well known, uh, mob family. Uh, not necessarily. Well, they live in New York and they're Italian. I thought Italian that was just... Catholic. Uh, <laughs> their, uh, their grandpa like, was at least associated with it. It came with the sample of Tide yeah. in the mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to New York. They're not necessarily, you know, mob members, but definitely mob ties. In fact, Ronnie Sr. has uh, a car dealership that is is widely thought to have been pretty much a mob front. It was just a money laundering, laundering operation. For laundering money, right. Uh, in fact, Ronnie Jr. eventually is given a job there just to keep him, quote-unquote, sane. Uh, but he's not doing much work there. But <laughs> one one day a week he's working, yeah. One day yeah. a week. And what they, was he making? Like uh, what, 500 bucks a week? Yeah. Well, no, that was on top of his pay. Like, Oh, wow. So okay. his parents... We're talking about the family here. So the dad, Ronald, they moved to this place. He was a bit of an abuser. He would he would scream. He'd yell. He'd abuse the kids. Um, there was a story, actually, uh, Butch was eating dinner with the family, and he had his napkin on his lap, and the napkin fell on the floor. And he leans over, picks up the napkin, and Ronald Sr. goes, 
why'd you leave the table? And he's like, I didn't, I, you know, I was just grabbing my napkin and he just gets up, walks over, picks up, uh, Butch throws him into the wall, beats the fuck out of him, then sits back down and just continues dinner. Like nothing happened. Like, so how was your day? That's fucking crazy. And, and he, he was, he was abusive to all the kids, all the girls, his wife, not a happy place you want to grow up in. And it feels like the, almost that classical, terrible home to grow up in. Like, everything you see in every, like, it was acceptable. Like, like the neighbors knew that he would hit his kids, but that was it's, just... It's kind of like Tony S- Soprano without the success. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an acceptable like, thing. Just like, oh. I mean, he was kind of an asshole, but, oh, look, he was very successful, so everybody just kind of dealt with it. Yeah. Now, imagine that without the success. I can't do his voice, but what's I got Ah, Stugatz. Wasn't that his boat's name? Stugatz. The one they killed Big Pussy on? <laughs> I think that was, Big yeah. Pussy. I gotta fucking kill this guy. Once again, not a dark episode at all. <laughs> so we've got the family history kind of uh, laid out a little bit of like... Douchebag family. Mafia yeah, ties. He was, a, he was a horrible, horrible dad. Horrible dad. Oh, so uh, Butch himself was crazy. He was a, a schoolyard bully in, in New York. He was a bully in Amityville. Uh, they talked to people that he grew up with. They said, you know, he was a funny guy, but he was violent. They were scared of him. Yeah, the bar when, owner said all he did was drink, gamble, and get in fights. Yeah, he was addicted to heroin. He was addicted to LSD. He was so crazy that the parents thought, and this is one of the greatest parenting tips, you, you know, if you take anything away from this, take this. Uh, they decided the best way to handle him is to just throw money at him. So they bought him a car, they bought him a boat, and they gave him $500 a week in allowance that he shot up his arms by buying, you know, rocks of, of heroin. I would like to point out that I actually probably would have turned out better had that been the case for me. But I, it didn't work. If you work. had done heroin? <laughs> no, if I had had a bunch of money thrown at all of my problems. Yeah. But in this case, this particular case, it did not work out. No, yeah, just, I don't think just, his parents were probably aware that he was using the money for drugs. I don't know. I think it was kind of like the just the... Uh, well, from there, what I read, I story, took it as, There's a story that uh, both he and his dad were the only two that knew about. He helped his dad cut out this big hole in the somewhere in the hallway or some very hidden area where they just, they kind of lunged a cash box in there mm-hmm. and uh, there was just like thousands upon thousands of dollars that uh, he was also allowed access to because he helped his dad hide it i mean this wasn't a family that was worried about hey where do you, where do you think little ronnie is tonight what's, what's what's going on with him he's not doing anything bad do you think yeah we've got horrible parents horrible kid you got don the oldest daughter, of the 18 year olds fighting with the family because she wants to move to florida with her boyfriend and they're saying no i guess the biggest tip you should take out of that is if your daughter ever wants to move to florida let her because otherwise she might be murdered in your own home so, you know, there's a tip that follows you no matter where you go. The more you know. <laughs> Later on, uh, we'll, we'll get to this part in a moment, but after the murders, all of the distant family, like not the immediate family, the moment they heard that the rest of the family was murdered, they're like, oh yeah, Butch did that. Yep. Well, yeah, was, <laughs> they're like, wait, all of them are dead? And they're like, no, 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 Butch is alive. And I was like, well, Butch well, did it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that, that 
you watch the news and they go, well, he was a quiet man and he kept himself like, oh, the family's dead. I bet Butch is and Izzy. He killed him, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> I called it. I called it. Wait, who won the pool? Who won the pool? I had the 13th. What, what's the day? Is it? It's the 13th. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me. Vinny, I told you. Oh, I told you, that's Vinny. Why, that's you why motherfuckers. That's why they all logged into the car. They're just like, oh shit. Is it the death pool? Is it up? <laughs> Get Butch's car. I just killed his parents today. Rounds on me, boys. <laughs> rounds on me. Where are the rounds on at? Oh, Henry's? Yeah, Henry's. <laughs> so that brings us to the faithful night. Uh, the 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday the 13th in 1974 is the night when old Butchie ran into Henry's and said, help, help, I think my family's so, been shot. So some, some things we know. We know the family had dinner together, and we know that Butch wasn't there. Now, why didn't he have dinner with his family? Well, he says this is a, this is a fact. Is reported interview. having said uh, to the police that he didn't have dinner with his family that evening because his mother was a shitty cook. Well, then she deserved to die. <laughs> and you know what? You know what you call the children collateral damage. I mean, if you're an Italian, you can't make pasta. It's time to go bye-bye. I think, I think it was a mercy killing, I guess, is what I'm getting at here. Hey, hey, Matt. Yeah. Are you, if you're looking for a second job, I've got a <laughs> podcast hosting opening. You're just jealous <laughs> you didn't say it. I said what you were thinking. I mean, anytime you want to Hey, everyone listening, some of my closest friends are Italians. Philip Savaggio, you're probably out there listening to this. Name a mother or a, anyone in your family that can't cook. You can't. Because they're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. That doesn't mean they deserve to die. Doesn't it? I think you set the bar I'm pretty low fat, for killing somebody. I'm a fat man. That is really high up there in my book. If you can't cook, you probably need to go. So you're saying your wife can cook? Oh, she's an amazing cook, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> weren't you weren't you just bitching about her not cooking for you? No, that's a goddamn lie, and I'll ask you to never use those words. Maybe he's lying, I swear to God. This is a joke. We're cutting this out. This whole thing? <laughs> I don't, we didn't even mean to make this podcast. <laughs> Where am I? I blacked out. <laughs> I blacked out. I smell burnt almond. Crank call. Crank call. Ooh, hot mic. Siblings. Siblings. So he's, uh, so he's, he doesn't eat dinner because his mom doesn't cook well. And then. Well, and probably if you're all hopped up on smack and LSD, are you really very hungry anyway? Yeah, probably. No, this not. guy looked like a crackhead skinny anyway. So, and he grew up fat. So you know what? If there's one thing you can take away from this, if you are fat, methamphetamines and heroin and stuff will really trim you down to fighting weight. Well, so wait, wait, wait. You're always making jokes about how you're a fat. I'm say it. I'm not going to say it. If you believe that, are, are you then saying that you're now going to try heroin and LSD at the same time? I tell you what, you give me $500 a week for heroin, we'll give it a old college try. Though nowadays, I, I don't know the heroin market is that I don't much. know. I don't know if $500 <laughs> is going to get me any enough. I don't know. You could probably give me, like, Crisco. I wouldn't know the difference if it was heroin or Crisco. I'm not really up on my heroin. <laughs> and really, uh, my body probably would my, my body would probably react the same way. I'd be as excited about Crisco. Oh, mm, mm, <laughs> main it. You're just like, oh, yeah. Down in a hole. I don't know low. if I can be saved. I could just see you, like, with He found a way to kill me, yeah. You you do the same routine as heroin. You just scoop like a ladle full of Crisco, heat it up till it's boiling, get like a baster and main vein it. Fat Lane Staley walks in the room. <laughs> Lane Staley, I never saw you fat before. I've never found the Crisco before. Mama's little baby loves shorting and shorting. 
Mama's little baby loves mainline and shortening bread. For the, for those of you that didn't understand the last five minutes, uh, Lane Staley was a member of Alice in Chains. Down in a hole was an Alice in Chains song, and Alice in Chains lead singer was Lane, Lane Staley, who died of a heroin overdose. In his university uh, district apartment in Seattle, Washington. Chris Coe's shortening, and I'm fat. There, we made full circle. Small, right. small thing about Lane Staley, uh, there was this bar called the Blue Moon, which was one of the two bars, that and the Duchess, was the closest that these bars could get to campus before they had a, a wet campus at uh, University of Washington. Uh, I went there once, and we saw Lane Staley sitting in the back at a booth, and the bartender's like, nobody goes back there, nobody talks to Lane. We're like, Oh, okay. Well, he doesn't want to be bothered. And he's like, no, he shoots up back there. Oh. Oh, well. So that was also another reason you didn't go talk to Lane Staley. Well, at least they were honest. Sometimes yeah. you got a party. I don't know. I mean, he's dead. <laughs> I mean, so. we're taking a lot of death lightly right now. We yeah. might as well lump them all in right, right. That JFK, right? <laughs> I hope you do a good job editing this episode. <laughs> so he brings his friends over there from the bar. They do find that his parents are indeed shot twice each. They find the family, as we talked so about we before. we walk in and we hear... Tell me more, tell me more. And then the record skips, and they're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, this there's so actually dead bodies here. God damn it, Butch, this just sobered me up. Vinny's throwing up on the front porch. <laughs> where's, <laughs> way, where's Craig? Well, i never seen that behind me before. <laughs> I hope they're ready for some evidence. <laughs> oh, man, sorry. It's laughing. <laughs> so one of, one of his buddies... Um, or one of the people from the bar. I actually think they said uh, in court documents they were they had been known uh, friends or whatever. Well, I wouldn't run into a bar and let five other strangers come and say hey, everybody behind. in a bar that I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I got to imagine the mid seventies in, in in Amityville, New York. You probably know everyone. Oh, I mean, we live in, we live in Chicago. Go to a bar in town. Chances are, before your night's over, some guy's gonna walk in and go, hey. You want to see a dead body? But this is Amityville in 1974. It's a little different. And they don't charge you $12. So I mean, I, I, in fact, I think on our way over here, Matt and I were on the blue line and almost saw a dead body. <laughs> we, saw, we saw two pre-dead bodies. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember, you know, if you're a kid in Chicago, you always want to make sure that you have bus fare and your dead body poking stick. I think you're confusing, like, stand by me. <laughs> you, you want poke sticks in a dead body? Yeah, I guess. I think it's fair to say that a majority of Brent's uh, adolescence was confusing his real life with standby. <laughs> I'm just saying. Shut up, eyeball. You shut up right now. Remember when we had those bikes and we found that alien we took off over the moon? <laughs> that was E.T., Brent. Oh, no. No, I remember that pretty well. Here we go. So, so, so dead family. <laughs> I think we're up to the arrest and trial. Oh. No, 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 no. Uh, Remember we mentioned that Joey Yeswit um oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, called yes. uh called the Suffolk uh Suffolk County police. Please come. Uh they see all these dead bodies, they bring in old Butchie DeFeo. Uh he tells them, Hey, it's Mafia Hitman. Doesn't take long for them to break him down and he gets arrested for the murder of his family. And he goes to trial. And to make a point also, it was overheard in the interrogation that his grandfather one of the living members of the family came in and was heard saying, "Don't, don't pull my name through the mud anymore. Fess up to him, Butch." Yeah, there, there's supposedly. I mean, Butch has made a lot of different uh, accusations. He, he, he's actually had about five different defenses. Everything from the devil made him do it to um, his sister actually did most of the murdering and he killed her. There's lots of different things that he said that happened. 
And one of the theories supposedly supports that is the fact that grandfather said that. Like, in other words, let's say for a moment that his sister, uh, that he and his sister had planned the murder together mm-hmm. of their father. And that which is very uh, believable. It's believable because their father was a complete asshole. And then probably pop the mom too because she can't cook. And, but but actually because she but because she was supportive of the father being that much of an asshole right. and beating everybody, and so they they shoot him together. And so at that point she gets the taste for blood. Butch runs out of there and goes to the bar and say, "Hey, <laughs> that was that Butch was that Butch or was that Mister Yes?" When I when I think of somebody named that, Butch, that, that, I think of a voice like. That, hey! My name's Butch, and I think I saw my family dead. They, they all I was sound wondering, like that. Well, can the I thing, get four or five you strong, the, muscly men to come the back? the timeline, though, Joe. The, 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 my name's not Joe. My name's John. Why are you the, both pointing at each other? <laughs> the point is, let's just say this crazy scenario happened. Everyone is pointing to that quote that you're talking about yeah. of the grandfather saying, we're not going to run the name through the mud anymore, confess, saying that basically, yeah, there, a bunch of other shit might have happened. Don't worry about it. You're taking the blame. Go sit in the cell. Right. So that's the arrest and then the trial. He did He did the I'm crazy, pled pl- insanity, but they actually found it to be a solid state of mind. Continue. Yeah, they put him – I think that one of the worst things happened is they put him on the stand and his his lawyer wanted him to try to look crazy and he changed his the story second nonstop. Lawyer. His yeah, second yeah. lawyer. And his second lawyer was a guy by the name of William Weber. 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 Yeah. And Mr. Weber comes up in our story later, but let's just say that he might not have had the best intentions when he said – Hey, let's maybe you were possessed when you murdered them. Yeah. It doesn't take long for him to uh, change the story, make a mockery. It goes to uh, deliberation and they find him guilty on all six counts. And he is sentenced to six consecutive life sentences. Uh, actually, 25 years to life. He's eligible after second degree murder. So it's only 25 years to life. Yeah. So conceivably, uh, he could get out in his lifetime. Twenty. So he has had several parole attempts, which um, have been failures. Unfortunately, he's not a productive member of society yet. But maybe he, maybe he's going to turn his life around. And he keeps making these awesome documentaries on YouTube, though. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I, you want to interview me? I'll talk to you. Like the guy is just fucked up. But I digress. Those are the theories of kind of what happened of of him um, killing that's, the family. There are also some other theories. That's the murder house. Yeah. Yes. We don't know what happened there. We can all make guesses, and we'll talk about that later. But we do know that six people were brutally murdered inside of that home. And he had something to do with it, if not all of it. Correct. Correct. That home was then cleaned out, spick and span, used a bunch of Lysol, time to sell it. And guess who comes and buys it? We'll talk about that after the break. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I, I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone. We actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So (laughs) you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. (laughs) In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's they designed it for long-term retention, you know. Yeah. 
if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and there's over twenty five different languages that you can learn, and people millions and millions of users use it because, like you said, it does seep in, and you're using it with you know you get speech recognition, and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally though, this is something that we use and we have, both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long-term and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know, and we don't, yeah. we don't do long-term, um, stuff like this. And this is, this is the one that we've chosen and we love it. So all you guys got to do, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times. And it's always now, right now, get now. started for Larry limited time. His there 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50% visit Rosetta Stone dot com slash today that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life wow redeem 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 how do they do it rush day you're 50 percent off rush day redeem it 50 percent off rosettastone.com slash today do it today After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Welcome back from break, everyone. So before we took a break, we we touched on the whole story of the DeFeo family, what really happened, how horrible the cook the mother was. I mean, all the all the important factors. Uh, now we're going to talk about uh, the Lutzes and what happened after the murders. And I, I do want to touch a little bit on this. So everything that we've said before is known to be true or considered to be true. And then the rest of this is firsthand accounts from the Lutzes. I don't want to downplay people that have had 
paranormal experiences or things like that. We, I, I can't speak for my my colleagues. I'll, I'll loosely use the term here. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, you're already speaking for us because you're calling us colleagues. Uh, but uh, I. I do believe in, in the supernatural, the paranormal. And in a house like this, I, I, I feel like when something like this happens, I feel like residual energies or things like that can cause manifestations. I, I want to say that. I don't think that that's what was happening here. We're going to tell you a little story about what's going on with the Lutzes, but go ahead, John. You look like you have something to say. Well, before we get into what happened with the Lutzes, can I say that when I hear you say that, it makes me feel like I'm watching a bad episode of Ghostbusters. <laughs> Manifestations? Yeah, like uh, residual energy. Like, like that's a thing. Like, that is, that you like, could, like, you could measure that. Like, I, I'm not oh, saying you can measure... Let, let me go get my PKE meter and uh, <laughs> measure that. I, I really do believe in that, though. I do. I, I do. Get, I get that you do. I'm just saying that and I That's don't. a term that people... Uh, no, that, that you don't. I understand. I was just telling I, I, I I'm not saying that I don't believe that there are no ghosts anywhere and no paranormal activity ever happens. Not saying that. Just saying I, I'm not sure that I think I believe it on the... Um, Oh, the way you describe it sounds more like the Russian deli we were talking to before. Like, hey, hey number 16, here, here, here's, uh, here's a level 17 aberration. Uh, I, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I think that uh, yeah, they might exist. I really am a firm no. I hate, I don't think they exist. I do believe I, you know, so. <laughs> Varying opinions. I uh, like it. Mr. No, since you're a firm no, why don't you hit us with the sure. untrue story so, of the Lutzes? So, well, I don't believe it. Here are the things that were reported to have happened in the 28 days that the Lutzes occupied the house. Uh, one of the main focuses was that George would wake up about 3.15 every morning feeling uneasy, and he'd go check the boathouse because he thought he felt there was a need to. That was also approximation about the time of all the murders. And they actually say that like 3 a.m. the hour is like the witching hour, the evil hour, when the, the veil between well, hell and earth is the, the thinnest or whatever you want to call it. Well, Demons they, like, they, that's they the demon that. hour. They say that because in Christianity, it's the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Trinity. And that, Demons uh, use that making, to, to mock they're it. They're making fun of the Holy Trinity. Uh, I, I think it's a lot more they're making fun of Ryan Reynolds' abs. <laughs> um, another thing that was very common throughout this was uh, they said there was swarms of flies, house flies. Um, obviously, New York's up, uh, you know, in a cold Arctic region, not Arctic, but it's it's a colder <laughs> region. Uh, so New York, in the wintertime, a cold, kind of desolate rare. wasteland. I'd uh, lost my brother and then took two hours. I think that's, a, that's it's, it's a good point we need to make real quick. If you're not familiar with geography, Amityville is right outside of New York City, like 45 minutes away. It's not like upstate New York, like Buffalo. Yeah. Like, which is way yeah, the fuck far Fuck away. Buffalo. Like, like, this is, this is, uh, this is really close. This is a suburb. Wherever you live, imagine what a suburb is. This is one of them. Another thing is Kathy would have vivid nightmares. Kathy was uh, the Lutz wife, and she would have nightmares about the fact that she would see the murders in her head. Uh, also, she felt that she was being embraced at times. She said it was a loving embrace. Uh, so, like, a figure was hugging her. Well, why wouldn't it be? George also found a small room. This was the thing I really thought. This is interesting. Yeah. Uh, essentially, a, a five-foot-by-four-foot room in the basement 
that wasn't on any of the blueprints and it was painted red. That's, and that's a lot of times those are called, I mean, obviously appropriately red rooms. And did you find that there wasn't a ton of information on that? Yeah. Like that's, that's a kick ass little thing of this. Like I, if there's a red room, like something was going on or people that lived there before had beliefs, whether it was Christian, satanic, something like that. You don't just have a red room unless you are a living with a woman who can't cook. Or be, or be a Satanist. <laughs> like, one or the other. Or you're associated with the mob and you need a place to hide. Things. That, that is true. And why not paint it red? Then it all just blends. Or, or just, it's just a room under the stairs, like. And it needed a pop of color. You know what? Sure, this is a dang and dreary. Let's give it a little pop. Let's give it a little red. Uh, there also was reports of cold spots and spots that would smell of perfume and or excre- excrement, like just randomly. And there's no explanation based on the <laughs> yeah, you're describing system. my dating life before <laughs> yeah. I met my wife. I was going to say, obviously, you've never lived with Goforth because, like, it's cold over here and it smells like shit. My bad. Uh, there's My bad. Al- there's also reports of seeing a demon in the fire while they were burning it in the fireplace. Uh, uh, and that was scorched on the back of the fireplace. Real quick on that, that fire that I thought was really interesting. Uh, one of the things with George Lutz, they said in those 28 days he was there, he was continually cold, like freezing, like chilled to the bone. And he was constantly stoking the fire, building the fire, trying to, to warm himself, warm the house, and he wouldn't let it go out. I thought that was kind of an interesting little tidbit. Mm-hmm. The Lutz's five-year-old daughter, Missy, also developed an imaginary friend named Jody, which uh, I guess took the imaginary form of a pig with as glowing you, red eyes. As you do. Like, hey, who are you fra- playing with over there, Jody? <laughs> My pig friend. <laughs> yeah. What was what was the daughter's name? Uh, Missy. Missy. Yeah. Missy, what are you doing? Playing pork sausage like, with is, Jody. What does Jody look like? A demon pig. You know, a pig with red eyes. <laughs> What'd you say, Jody? Hey, Missy, uh, what do you think about uh, hanging out with your friends today? I think you should kill them. <laughs> I think you should kill them all together. Put them in a room, beat them with sticks. Does there Get need Carl to be, over here to put some semen on him. Does there need to be? Does there need to be any specific color to that room, or does it not? Red. There's uh, a sale at Sherwin Williams. And even uh, to follow that up, they said that there was uh, outside of their house on Christmas, they saw hooven prints that were reflective of that pig, which is <laughs> one specific pig. Not that we're relying on on testimony from anybody, but if you're relying on testimony from anybody, the the days in which they say that they saw cloven hooves in the snow, it apparently didn't snow that day or any days around it. Right. In so I'll, I'll jump into another one here. So George say, said he would wake up to the sound of the front door slamming. He would go downstairs and the dog would be asleep in front of the door. So for him, he heard the door slamming so loud that it woke him up, but nothing was actually there. <laughs> one of my favorites uh, going along with that is he said he heard an entire marching band. In Tuning his, up. Yeah. yeah. And he went down there and there was nothing there. Just a disembodied marching band. You think like they're like, hey, you know. Where can we re- where can we rehearse at? Oh, let's go to this fucker's house. He's used to ghosts. Like, what the fuck? Come on. They said there was a, uh, <laughs> Do they tune up? If you're a ghost, do you really need to, like, rosin up your bow and, and drain your spit valve on your fucking, on whatever? Like, I want to know the marching band where well, they have somebody uh, with fair, a bow. To be fair, if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're, listen, if you're a ghost. <laughs> marching band? <laughs> If you're a ghost in this... I'm going to speak for the ghosts of the world right now. Uh Uh-oh. Lay it on me. 
if you're a ghost in this particular instance, you have to do everything to make sure that people take you seriously. Because <clears throat> think about this. If everyone is taking it the way that we take it right now, and you're a ghost, you're <laughs> and everyone's laughing, you're good. Right. Like, so, shit. So no one's paying attention. When you're going to haunt, like before, there's like a ghost outside his room, like, me, 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 I can do better. Give me one more. <clears throat> Nailed it. Nailed it. It's done. Dude, if I was a ghost, I would just fuck with people. Like, I wouldn't even try to, like, make them scared. I would just annoy the shit out of them. But you're bad at fucking with people now. What makes you think you'd be better if you were dead? If Moens was a ghost, there'd just be ghost semen everywhere. Just everywhere. I mean, I'd I'd poke holes in everybody's condoms. Like, (laughs) just, like, malicious shit as a ghost. All right, you're just you're just a horrible person. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. Yeah, there's like maybe a couple more we'll touch on here, and then we can kind of get maybe get to the opinions here. Doors and locks were unexplicably or unexplainably broken. They had a crucifix that supposedly rotated 180 degrees upside down and started emitting a foul odor, which seems a bit odd. Also, kind of from The Exorcist, maybe. Right. Exactly. Um, as well as there was, and this is a big one that they have actually looked at now is Kathy saw herself transform in the mirror to a 90-year-old woman. She saw herself turn into this old gray woman in the mirror, uh, which I think we all saw in The Shining as well later on. Like, there's, like, different incarnations of this. Well, story. the greatest part about all of this is is that the, it depends on what <laughs> what version you read yeah. as to what happened. Not because a bunch of other people made up a bunch of different versions. Right. Because but because the, the Lutz is made, made up a bunch of different yeah. versions. And so I guess it like, takes I, us into I, the opinion I, piece. Well, so uh, before, before that, like, what was there, the... Go ahead. Sorry. Before we get there, the final night... Yes. They wouldn't talk about it, would they? Is in question. Yeah. I think we can all agree, if there were a haunting... Yes. It wasn't that bad until the final night. You got to be scary as fuck for me to run out of my house and leave all my belongings and go, nope, deuces, peace, I'm out. That's a hell of a leap, you know? So you're either A, making it all up and hoping to bank on this shit, or B, literally scared out of your fucking mind. And they never explained the final night, though, did they? I, I, I didn't find he, any documentation on what... He talked what, about his wife was... Um, they were in bed together, and she, she levitated... out of the bed. Like, levitated, like, three or four inches and started sliding off the bed, and he grabbed her and, and kept her on the bed. But you're right. They don't talk about the intensity of whatever happened. Yeah, that it was just too much for them. Like, uh, they, they talk about, uh, yeah, this started to happen, and that started to happen... And then they kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's all that they are ever quoted as talking about. And speaking of ever quoted, um, you got to give them a little bit here. They never changed their fucking story. No, never. Like well, they took it the to the grave. Changed, the story changed, but they always said, well, you know what? Believe what you want. I can't, I can't make you, you know, I'm not you. You're not me. I know what I saw. This is what happened. Like if you are going to come up with a story, that's pretty impressive. Their story has been 10 times more consistent than that of Bush to fail. That's true. If you got to weigh the two, like, well, they, they at least didn't change the story so much. And I guess the biggest issue, you know, speaking about that. You go and you got Butch DeFeo, who you know probably killed his family by himself. He might have had his sister's help, things like that. What's the first fucking thing he does? He says, oh, the devil made me do it. I heard voices in the house. 
They told me to do it. And then well, the let's on, move on. in. That's not the first thing he says. Okay. The first thing he says is another mobster. And hit me. Well, no, yeah, I'm just saying, yes, that's true, which we covered. But then he goes into his... Once the he's devil, in jail, once he's... Yeah. The devil made me do it, and the house told me. I heard voices. Then you got the Lutzes. They move in, and they say, oh, we had a priest come here and bless the house. And Ooh. the priest was a maybe smacked, if the priest even came. Like, the priest told people in interviews, yeah, I was there. And then he was under oath sworn in and said, well, I called and talked to them. I never was actually in the house. So here's, here, we, we touched on this very briefly, but I think this is where the common link between story one and story two happened is the lawyer, right? Weber. So Weber is Butch's defense attorney who gives him the idea or at least encourages him to use the devil defense. So while he's like defending Butch, and uh, Weber is is his second lawyer, correct? His yes. second lawyer. So he def- he's defending him. Butch so he had a lawyer, and it didn't right. work out well, and he got this other. Guy. And now all of a sudden, the this family, those Lutzes, move into this old house, and at some point, contact Weber to represent them about uh, the issues that they're having at their house. Or, or well, th- there's also an alternative thought to that, Weber reaches out to the Lusses. Exactly. So to use them to help with the I'm insane, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. So, and well, then one, I, in one way or the, the other, it, no one, defi- no one, no one is arguing the fact that both, uh, Weber and the Lutzes all got together and had some fun meetings. Yeah. They actually have yeah, a they, voice recording of one of the meetings. Yeah. They, they sat down. They said that they had, um, in an interview with Weber, he said that they had multiple bottles of wine between the three of them, and they sat down. and He said that, which um, like like that's not that much. No, he I, said they started at ten and quit at three, and they said I can't remember multiple how many bottles, bottles of wine. wine. No, multiple bottles of wine. Who knows? But what he that also means. shared the defense file, so he showed them. Look, it, this is the room where all these dead flies are on the floor of Don's room, and. Oh, what a great idea it would be if I suddenly said there were swarms of flies. Yeah, he said that, uh, or they, they, he said that he led them down paths that they latched onto, like, oh, maybe there was green stuff, maybe it was blah blah blah, maybe this yeah. and that. They said fingerprint powder that was on everything was, in the house was what was the green, became. so it's tar, and that had to have been from ghosts. And of course, there's going to be flies in the house. There was fucking dead bodies all over the place. So he goes, well, what if they're you know, satanic flies and they're, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it came down to at the end money. He wanted them. He wanted to represent them, write a book, take some of that money and use it for uh, Butch DeFeo as defense money. So just so we're clear, the practicing attorney for the murderer of the DeFeo family is also trying to cut a book deal about the murder, about the murder. Well, about with, the house, at the the, the experience, well, yes. yeah. With the people that moved in there. Yes. That doesn't seem weird. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, to Brent's point, it came down to money. He wanted to give a portion of it to, well, they said it came down to money. He wanted to give a portion of it back to Butch. They said, they're, listen, they're like, listen, we're not going to pay a murderer. These what, are all what, horrible people. Yeah, yeah. So I think what it came down to was they realized it like, oh, we have the right so to what, this. And so what's his name? Writes a book. Yeah, Jay, Jay, what's his name? Uh, He's not even worth talking about because he probably is one of the true villains in this story. Because he put on the end of uh, Amityville Horror a true story. Yeah, and he he sensationalized some of 
Jay Anson's so is one, one a of the, villain in this story. Yeah, one of the true villains in the story, Jay Anson. He took all of this it. stuff to, and put it together and convinced the Lutzes, the Lutzes that, you know, hey, we'll, we'll all go on this together and, and we'll see what it, what it makes. He was perpetrating an inconsistency. Uh, I'll call it a lie. Uh, that's what I'll say. Uh, that's John Goforth talking. Um, <laughs> I like that. Put your stamp on it, brother. To your point about this, I, whoever had the genesis of this idea of making money off of somebody else's misfortune, that that was like the terrible thing. So whether it was Weber convincing the Lutzes or the Lutzes had the idea and approached Weber, don't know where the genesis came from, but the point is they definitely fed off of each other. And also with the popularity of the Exorcist that had just come out – like that was right for the picking. They oh, saw, it's so true. They saw how much potential there was, but yeah. So, so Jay Anson approaches them, and in the end of the day, like he's the one who makes all of the money. Yeah, the Lutzes ended up making off this whole thing about three hundred thousand dollars, which is not enough to walk away from your life and your your house and but to, everything. But to <laughs> point, which, is, which is really weird. I think because that, he was. They were originally offered a deal from uh, Weber and various attorneys involved in that. And it was for a decent percentage, like, I don't know, 12%, whatever it was. They turned it down because they wanted a better percentage, and they thought they'd get a better percentage from Anson. Well, I think they wanted a buyout, too. Like, they wanted a guarantee. And I think that was the thing they didn't understand is they – well, the book was so popular, they printed, what, 25,000 copies, and they Mm -hmm. all sold out in a week. Nobody could have predicted the popularity. It would be like if you – if somebody goes – Hey, I, I've got some Google stock, and you're like, "What is Google?" And they're like, "It's going to be the next best thing." You're you like, "Google it." You're like, "Okay, <laughs> well, I want ten grand. Like, that's that's the money." Hey, Moe, I want. You can have no stock in Hysteria Fifty One Zero. But but if they're like, if their number is two hundred thousand like, dollars, I just wanted to make that clear. Fair. I, I I'm completely understanding. I squander my stock. I buy hookers and whores and drinks and stuff. And then you just piss the rest of it away. I do. But if they had if they had a target <laughs> number that they wanted to get to. And in their head, it was 50% of whatever it was going to be because they never thought it was going to make more. And, and Jay's just like, I'll give you 200 grand for all of it. And they're like, fuck yeah, we'll take it. Then they got dicked. And I'm, I'm sure that happens every now and then, even in movies when people don't take points on the back end, they actually take a buyout. So you got Jay Anson, who's a dick. You got Butch DeFeo, who's a dick. You got the Lutzes, who are dicks. And all of them are blaming one motherfucker who had absolutely nothing to do with this. The devil. Jay Anson wrote a book blaming him. We've got DeFeo saying the devil told him to do it. You got the Lutzes saying that the devil is uh, possessing their house. The fuck did the devil do to these people? You know, like, I feel like I feel like he needs to have a say in this. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh, conspiracy bot. Can you call up the devil for us? Uh, hello? Hi, uh, is this the devil? Of course it's the devil. Hey, you sugar buns. Hey, the devil. (laughs) We're just sitting here uh, doing some Hysteria 51, and we're actually talking about, I'm sure you're familiar with it, Amityville Horror. Of course I know that Amityville Horror is this, Brent. This is. How are you, the devil? Brent, how did those vanilla cookies go? You know what? They were fantastic. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, My wife is still talking about them. Real quick, going to the point. How do you feel about being blamed for the Amityville Horror? Well, I don't love it. I mean, of course, I wasn't involved with that. 
Uh, I'm, I'm so much more involved in, in, you know, what Martha's doing. Um, I, I just enjoy embroidery. That, that's, that's the thing that I'm really into. Don't you just hate when your name gets drugged through the mud like that? Well, well, when they say GD, it's, it's, it's no fun either. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't enjoy any part of it. Listen, I, I, uh, the only thing that I can't handle is, is, is that gentleman, uh, Mr. Trump. I, I, I don't know what to do about that. You're okay with Hillary? Well, um, she's not welcome down here, but Mr. Trump already has, uh, a tower built. I, I, that's, that's all I can say about that. The devil? How are the Lutzes doing? I'm sure they're <laughs> down there with you. The Lutzes are great. Um, we've been, we've been discussing this a lot and, and they're not necessarily thrilled with, uh, Brent's portrayal of, of them, but, uh, we'll have that discussion later, right, Brent? Hey, oh, hey, hey, I'm George Lutz. Hey, this is hell. I don't know. Don with a P. <laughs> So, hey, we just wanted to give you a call and get your side of the hey, story. Hey, 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 before, before you let me go, did I hear Moens with you? Oh, yeah, that's Matt Owens with you. Hey, hey. hey what's up, the devil? I'll see you soon, Matt. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Is Matt dying? Well, no, we've got a squash date on Friday. Yeah, he's great backhand. You guys play squash? Yeah, I lose a lot, though. <laughs> And you'll continue to lose. Oh, I'll get you one of these days. Oh, no, you won't, you silly bastard. Oh, you silly goose. All right, all right. Well, hey, thanks for your time, the devil. And uh, you uh, you stay in touch. Look forward to see you soon, friends. <laughs> see you Friday. What? What's, what? I don't know if I like the, the way that ended. With the devil? Yeah. That was a little uh, intense. Got to say thanks to Conspiracy Bot, though, for having the number to the devil like that. That's pretty impressive. At least it smells good in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, frankincense, myrrh, and sulfur yeah, it's together a, aren't bad things. Interesting. It's an intri- yeah, it's an interesting smell. He uses a lot of Febreze. So now that we got that out of the air, we're going back to the uh, the old 112 Ocean Avenue. The Lutzes are out. What's the house? What's the what's the 411 yeah. on it after that? So you got murder. You got haunting. Now it's been sold a lot. Like, no one lives at this house, it seems like, for very long. And if you've ever looked it up on online, from the street, there's these two windows. Which have been changed recently. That That's the point I'm trying to make. Uh, that almost look like eyes. Yes. Yeah. If you're looking at the quarter circle. Version. Which just fed into, like, the cover of the book, everything. Right. So, so at some point, owners changed them. <laughs> well, they, they finally stood on the road and looked at their house and said, oh, shit. The, <laughs> the good news for them is that Google, Google Street yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, works just as well on that street as it does on any other. So if you you type in 112 Ocean Avenue, you don't get to the house. But if you even scoot a little over... Yeah, it's actually... They changed it to... It's 108 Ocean Avenue. They they renamed or, or renumbered the street. So, oh, is that what happened? Yeah, it's actually technically now it's 108. Oh, yeah. see, I'm just angry now. Uh, <laughs> they re, they Doesn't re, that piss you off? Yes, it does. Because, uh, what, I have to scoot over five inches? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I recognize the fucking house. I mean, I see it. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, true. And one of the, the things that I found fantas- like like fascinating uh, with the, the resell of the house was when a family that wasn't currently seeking fame, like they just wanted a good house, they had no problems. Like they had no... Yeah. Since then, there's been haunting. zero reports of anything going on other than great house, glad to live here, 
Gotta go. Yep, some people were killed here. That's unfortunate. It's a great house. But damn, the resale value is amazing. And it's it was going actually for 850- 850K, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's for sale or just was for sale. Which actually other. seems kind of cheap for, for that. For, uh, yeah, outside of, you couldn't buy that house in Chicago for that. No. Absolutely yeah. not. And it's on it's on the bay, right? Like, yeah. it's on Ocean Drive it's for got a reason. A, so it's what's really nice if you if you do look at it. Um, there's some aerial views. The garage, the back of what's the garage. Nice? Da, 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 da. <laughs> One dollar, Bob. This, this, I this see what you po- did there. This is the portion of the podcast where we sell you a house. Yeah, this beautiful, rustic, three-story New England home on the bay has a nice, beautiful drive, two-car garage, and a boathouse off the back. Don't mind going up to that third floor. Sure, there might be blood spatter from the killings, but it's so quaint and airy. Look at that space. Next time on the Rich Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> No, so the point is, the Lutz has moved out. Every person that's lived there has been like, it's a great house. Nothing's going on. They're full of shit. So let's surmise what happened. Let's go all the way back to the beginning with the DeFeo family. We're going to start with you, Matt. So, what do you think happened? Like, I mean, six six bodies, all face down, not woken up by a gun. Uh, or gun blast or anything like that. I, I have to think that like Dawn was a part of it. And whether it was they shot their mother and father and then maybe she either she shot them or Butch was on like kid control. I feel like as the oldest two siblings, you could easily influence the younger ones to be like, just stay in go bed. Go lay down. Lay go bed. lay on your stomach. Like, something bad. Like some somebody's in the house. Go go lay in your bed. Just look at the flowers. Look at the flowers. Um, I feel like they have a lot more influence fans. on them. So, and then from there, I, it may have been something where, where Dawn. Sorry, I just went wide eyed because Brent, Brent figured out how to make me wide eyed. <laughs> That's scary. Ah. And then from there, since Butch was on so much LSD, I'm sure at some point after either they pulled it off normally and then he just like freaked out and killed his sister Dawn or there was something to, I, I, I think she helped and he took care of it. Like, he, he finished her off. The only other thing I could possibly think of was there was an actual hitman because when they said he had an alibi of being in another state, I'm like, I watched The Iceman Cometh, right? That's how you get an alibi. You go to a different state, then you get a ticket back on a different name, you go kill somebody, and then you fly back to that hotel, and you're like, I've been here the whole time. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. And I believe that he was in on the murder. I don't believe for one second that he was alone. I believe that Don was probably involved. That's why her a body was also one of the only ones that had like a brutal, brutal killing because she fought back. There's also been a lot of talk that maybe they had another accomplice. There was, there was talk of uh, people saw someone running out in a hoodie out of the house. There's also a lot of talk where he said there was another gun, another gunman. Uh, and I think it was 2014. He said, I committed the murder. Yeah. He never said murderers. Yeah. And they said in like 20, 2012, I think it was, they searched the, the water behind his house and found another gun that had been degraded heavily. And unfortunately, it's one of those things. Yeah, we found a gun. It was where people said there might be. But we already got the guy. Yeah, we got the guy and no one knows. It's so degraded. You're never going to be able to, to do it. And. He lied on the stand. He changed his story. Every time they talked to him, it changed his story. There is nothing about this guy that makes you think, I need to listen to him and believe what he's saying. Given the frequency which he changed his story, how can you? How could you? You you can't. 
it's one of those things we'll never know what really happened, but he was involved. And the only thing that makes it sad to me is we'll never know if anyone else needed to be brought to justice. John, what are you thinking? So here are my thoughts. First and foremost, while I appreciate a good story, I don't think we have one here. While I do think there's a possibility that someone else was involved in the murder of six people, there's way too many unanswered questions to to, to call it to call it just the way it was. Absolutely someone else was probably involved. Yeah, how do you not and, and, how do you and, not hear the gunfire? And, and how and does there's no one, one reason one up? reason only. How are that many people just stuck in their bed while they're while they're shot in the back? It, it, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I understand that that perhaps the father According to certain uh, people, might have gotten up. According to certain people, the the wife might have turned around. There's even the, some people that said maybe he was killed in the hallway and then yep, moved. All, yeah. Also true. But the point is, one person still doesn't kill six with them all in the bed, and no point at no point did anybody wake up or fight back. Exactly. Or yeah. neighbors hear a gunshot, though they hear the dogs barking. All this bullshit. I think I read another okay. theory about like the wife at, or like his his wife actually killed the the father and then dawn like killed the mother and then like freaked out and killed all the siblings and then butch came in and saw it was all there so the, there's a possibility of all of that I feel but like the point is there's, there's one person that's still alive and he's it, definitely a murderer exactly. mm-hmm. and he deserves to be exactly where he sits yeah and uh, as far as the rest of it goes i don't believe in any of it i think it was all a fucking lie yep. i think that uh, uh the lutzes conspired with weber with weber they, they came up with something that would be really salacious and and really consumable and and you know what it wound up being really consumable to the point where it it got out of hand they didn't understand that it would it'd be like us right now on this podcast saying one thing and all of a sudden the next second you're getting interviewed by cnn and by msnbc and by everything else imagine that that that's what happened to them times that thousand and they had no idea how to handle it well wasn't and- there a, like a modern day version of this without the horror piece there was a I'm trying to think there was a guy who who kept he lied about something that happened to him and I should Ryan Lochte like well, getting I mean, like held too, at gunpoint but like, there, there was another like well, hellacious story about like this guy like oh yeah like I, I served in the military and I did all these things and they're like you didn't do any of them and it right. took like a year to come out or, or look at like Brian Williams yeah. you know any, any of that stuff where like you get in a lie and you tell it and then it, it blows up and they're like oh shit but it's got such it, positive keep telling like, it keep telling the it. reward for that lie you're like well I can't I think, take it back. but they figured it out they made a deal with Anson it didn't work out the way they wanted it to but they made a deal and that was it I, I feel like going back to what I said that you guys you know totally you know laughed at me about I, I do believe in in and paranormal and ghosts and things mm-hmm. like that. And I do feel that if you're in a house and a horrible, horrible thing like this happens, it could cause residual evil thoughts and then entities or, or things like that. I do not feel that happened here. I feel like we had a house that had a horrible thing happen and people moved into it and tried to make a quick buck. They were the fucking dregs of society who capitalized on children and, and family's death. You know, you have a woman who can't cook, kill her. But like the rest of the family, come on, like just leave, leave them out of it, I guess is what I'm getting at. And the Lutzes didn't. They capitalized on it and they're horrible fucks, I guess is the tie-in I was making there. I just got to ask a question. I, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. You don't think there's any chance that, that perhaps he was, he was the good guy 
and that somebody else was the bad guy in that family. Zero. And- Zero. I don't believe it for a second. I don't believe that he took the fall for his grandfather or anything like that. No, not at all. He was a heroin addict fuckhead who probably, you know, plotted with their sister to kill. Maybe, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the sister's the one who got out of hand and he didn't kill his brothers and sisters, but he he's a murderer fuck twat who, who deserves a rotten prison. And I agree with you 100%. I just wanted to. Yeah, yeah no, I, you know, I, I absolutely, no, absolutely not. So, uh, again, I don't believe in, in the ghost story stuff. I do believe that there may be some manifestation that you put on your own self. Like they, I watching some of the documentaries. There's like floorboards where the weight, like the weights on the windows, were misbalanced that they'd open and close. But I feel like it's almost a self fulfilling prophecy at a point when you tell yourself that this is real, or you're trying to convince yourself that it's real. It becomes really easy to believe it. There may have been some of that with the it's like kids. people who think they're sick get sick. Exactly. So I think with the kids, because now the kids have come out. And well, now, you pointed out, so I, I have to ask. They've proven that in that house, if you step on one point in one On one space, baseboard, it actually makes the window go up. It makes up. the window go up and down. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's just poor engineering because they showed the counterbalance weights and like how it works. It's, I think it's the same thing as people trying to explain physics in the middle, like the middle ages. Right. It's like, it's magic. magic. It's a ghost. It's a demon. Yeah. You're like, yes. No, yes. it's like, it's not normal, but because of these laws of physics that are being like adjusted. Yeah. So yeah, explaining normal science with magic and, and religion. And this came all right after the craze of, of, uh, was it the the Exorcist? So oh, there was great a great point. Yeah, good, it's good drop great, in. Absolutely, it's a great point that we have not made yet. So everything was hyped around the Exorcist. That was the fir- they they said it was actually the first time that even atheists and people that didn't have religions that they practiced were actually fearful and sleeping with crucifixes because they did such a good depiction of making the devil this evil entity that would attack you and, and like intervene in your life. So once again, the Lutzes are capitalizing on exactly. outside of them influence and trying to make a quick buck exactly so none of this none of this is real like in my opinion i do think they did a very good job of marketing the like the fear factor on it um which is something that we would never do we would never you know portray <laughs> a uh we wouldn't a, make an a, a potential show. a potential spiritual being uh actually being on this show when it wasn't actually yeah, to, there to turn a, a profit or, or or even for a joke never you would never ever 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 find us doing that ever ever agree hi guys <laughs> <laughs> end of day i i think it's i think the amityville piece was just bs the murders obviously were real but that's the more fascinating piece you know who's a loser in this all the fine people that live in amityville new york who have to deal with thousands upon thousands of people flocking to their town to take pictures of a house to steal pieces off the house i've heard of times that people were stealing chunks you know of the yard. chunks of the the foundation and shingles off of it and and signs and breaking windows. Well, Brent, I remember a time you told me you had shingles. Is that the same thing? Different. It's different. Yeah. Oh, okay. One's yeah. chicken box induced. It's yeah. much different. And one was, was Lutz induced. That's our tale. That's our take on the Amityville murders and the Amityville haunting. One thing that we've really liked on our Facebook page, especially and on Twitter, is people letting us know after you listen to it, what'd you think? What'd we do wrong? What'd we do right? Let us know what your ideas and thoughts are on the Amityville horror. Are we completely Completely off base, and it was a pig man in the woods, or whatever you want to call it, 
tormenting a family and Satan was uh Satan was at the the helm of all this was the house really haunted by residual energies was it all made up did Butch not have a hand in any of this like let us know what you think Don with a P Don hey I'm Russian Ooh, you wanna I can't even think of a Russian dish fuck me hey Rogies. that's Polish that's Polish hey hey you want a Ruben hey, hey. It's, Ooh, it's got Russian dressing you want some hey. vodka hey you want some vodka huh so, uh, <laughs> beet borscht is good this time again. Maybe you don't eat the borscht. Maybe you don't walk so good, huh? That's the end of my vocal capabilities. I don't know. No, you got it. Well, listen, we love you tuning in, and we really appreciate it. We want you to come to our Facebook page. Yeah, like, we definitely want you to come and check us out on Facebook. Uh, you can find us under Hysteria51Pod. Also, shoot over on Twitter. We're at Hysteria51Pod. Give us... A tweet of what you want us to talk about on a show. Tell us, like I said, what we did great in the show, what we didn't do great. Let us know what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. Do us a favor. Go rate us. Go review us. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, Hysteria 51 Pod. Search for it. Hey, listen. We're going to do a new thing. The first 10 people to give us a review and then let us know that they did on Twitter, you're going to get to be a special part of our First ever Hysteria 51 call-in show. Yeah, get a hold of us on Twitter. Let us know what you, what name you use on the review, and uh, we will contact you. We'll get a hold of you in the future for one of our call-in shows, and we're going to have you on Skype, and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, uh, whether it be Mothman, Bad Cooks, John's hair. It doesn't matter. Nothing's off limits. Uh, how sexy I am. Why Matt Owens is, you know, moving to Los Angeles and leaving us. Things like that, you know, important, hard hitting facts. We'll talk about whatever the hell you want. We need to know, Matt Owens. We need to know. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we love you. We love you listening. First 10 of you out there, you can be part of the show. Thanks a ton for listening this evening. I've been Bryn Hand. With me is John Goforth. And thank you very much for listening. And thank you to our special guest this evening. Thank you, I'm Matt Owens, and thank you guys for having me on here again. This has been fantastic. And don't forget about Conspiracy Bot over there. Later, peeps. It's been real. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. We'll be back again next week with more known unknowns. If you'd like us to discuss a particular topic, suggest a guest, or simply seek some truth, we'd love to hear from you. You can email the show at hysteria51podcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter at hysteria51pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.